ลูกในเรื่องคิดที่มีเทรย์ยืดเข้มสมสวาคุมลูกในเรื่องมักการการวิธีไอเดียทอกในซาลพอร์เมนต์เดอะแคมโบเดียเดลี่ไฮวิคมันบอกยืมหนึ่งทั้งไงนี่คือลูกเดวิดฮอฟมันลูกเจียเนี่ยญี่ปุ่นหนึ่งเจียเนี่ยเสเซอัตบัตวิจารณ์หนักกระทาเอาซาลพอร์เอากระแซดเดอะวอชิงตันโพสต์ไฮขนมวิธีเทรย์นี่ยืมหนึ่งพิเศษจมูกลูกเคยทานลูกบ้านเสเซสิเพลจิตรันเตะตึงหนึ่งปลายกาในประเทศเซนเซนขนมปิภูลุกให้หนึ่งการัฐบาลเลือสิทธิเสรีเพียบหนึ่งกาบมเพชรบมพลายลัทธิประชาธิปไตยให้ยื่นหนึ่งในยี่สิบปีสาขมายบ่อสายยี่สิบปีสาขมายเราจะแค่บางปีคลำซาได้ลูกหนึ่งเป็นเจนมาเตะในเรื่องการวิธียื่นในประเทศนี้บ้าง Good morning Mr Hoffman it's a pleasure to see you to meet you this morning on our program Thanks for having me it's great to be here Yes, we are very privileged to have you here. Um, you and your fellow journalists have written a series of editorials on how to fight for democracy against autocracy. You've documented victims across the globe and achieved archive them in the annals of democracy, uh, and we can find them all uh, in the page of the Washington Post editorial page. Uh, before I uh, begin uh, uh, introducing who you are. Uh, Uh, I'd like to uh, bring this up uh, a little bit. Uh, can you share with our viewers your knowledge of how autocrats treat their citizens? Is one country different from the other? Yeah, you know they're all uh, quite uh, distinctive and unique, of course. But there's certain things they have in common. Uh, first of all, a democracy requires that people. Compete to show off their different ideas, to ask the people for legitimacy to run the government and to to govern. But in autocracy, this competition is denied; it's extinguished. Whether you're in Soviet Union or today's China or any uh, Cuba or Belarus, um, in all these places, people have no choice. That is the kernel, the very central, tiny bit of genius. In a democracy, this competition, when competition's extinguished, and when it, voices are smothered, and there's only one person in charge, yeah. that is the common feature of all autocracy. Okay, uh, on your uh, December 21st uh, edition uh, opinion page. Uh, You wrote, uh, you and your colleagues wrote, how the battle for democracy will be fought and won. Can you elaborate that a little bit for our viewers? One of the things that really interested me this year was how autocracies are beginning to use the internet and the digital revolution to modernize themselves. Right? They are doing the same things that democracy. Advocates have done. They are, uh, for example, using social media to arrest dissidents. People make one posting on Facebook or on Telegram, and they get arrested. Yeah. People who uh, used the internet to reach back into their countries and express their views freely um, are often pursued. So, one of the things that I discovered is that 
there are efforts being made in the United States and elsewhere to fight back. And a lot of this uh, is a fight back against firewalls, against censorship, um, against autocracy, trying to smother the voices. So, for example, uh, there are efforts made to give people smooth, completely seamless uh, virtual private networks so they can uh, communicate through a firewall put up by a dictatorship. They, there are methods which I described using satellite technology, yeah. existing commercial satellite technology to give people free information about what's happening in the world. In other words, dictatorship cannot any longer seal off a whole country. It's now impossible. Yes, you've noticed, uh, and everyone else has noticed, autocracy, authoritarianism, and dictatorship appear to be on the rise around the, the world uh, and determined to uh, challenge the concept of a free and democratic system. Do you think West, the Western world has to do more than it does now to alter the course? Oh, without question, it has to do more. Hassan, you know, democracy has been in retreat for 17 years now. And we have to ask the question, what is happening? Why are autocracies and dictatorships lasting so long? Why are they holding on to power for so long? And what's gone wrong with democracy? Well, you can see that one of the reasons that democracy is in retreat is simply that the authoritarian leaders have learned their methods and subverted them and undermined them. For example, the authoritarian leaders say, well, we're going to have a democratic election with only one candidate. Yeah. Well, that's not competition. That's yeah. not democracy. It's only fake democracy. So uh, authoritarian leaders have learned to use, instead of force in the streets and beating people up with batons when they protest, they've learned to arrest people for one single social media posting. Yeah. Um, in other words, to try and smother dissent even before it gets to protest. So that's uh, the argument I make, that the democracies need to learn to fight back. Yeah, I agree with you. Uh, but uh Okay, before we get to how to fight back, uh, I'd like to continue with uh, my questions here. Many autocratic governments don't just punish dissidents at home. They try to exercise their long-arm tactics in their foreign land, harassing, intimidating, or even snatching this, uh, the critics off the street. Uh, do you know of any such foreign victims getting help from their host government? And what are the consequences, I mean, if that happened? Well, this is a very, very important question because it is happening in the United States and open society, yeah. in Britain and open society. In other words, democracies are finding that the dictators are reaching with their techniques into their open societies yeah. and carrying out their dictatorship methods of kidnapping, silencing, threatening and I see it all over the world. In my article, in which I discuss this, I even 
Um, I mentioned your uh, host, uh, uh, Rada, and what happened to him. But also, for example, in the United States, we had an artist, a Chinese artist, who yeah. made a very big sculpture about Xi Jinping. Uh, yeah. It was satirical sculpture, you know. Satire right. means he was making fun a little bit and yeah. criticizing. And the, the Chinese agents... According to the our Justice Department, they tried to discredit him, and they burned down his sculpture here in, here in America. Yeah, yeah, I see. Okay, um, many autocratic uh, communists, autocratic governments choose uh, a much less brazen approach. Uh, uh, not to dispatch a hitman uh, to deal with their opponents abroad. Uh, they promise members of the diaspora community, uh, like the Cambodian Americans here in the U.S., uh, with benefits if they support the regime uh, back home. If they don't, their family members who remain behind may be in danger. By supporting, uh, the Cambodian Americans may violate the oath of allegiance to protect and defend the U.S. Constitution and the conditions of their citizen uh, status. Uh, what can our government do to allay such fears of retaliation in our community? It's a good, it's a really good question. I don't have all the answers, but for example, we have something called the Foreign Agents Registration Act. It's a very weak law that is basically just a registration law. Uh, Hassan, it's like a piece of paperwork. And it says if you are an agent of Cambodia or of China or of Russia, then you must register. But a lot of times these people don't. So one thing that we could do would be to make this law more strict and make it more than just registration and enforce it more so that these kinds of people who go around making such threats will be somehow deterred or curbed. We could also, um, you know, if you harass somebody or kidnap them or steal or somehow hurt another American citizen, it's against our law. Well, we need to make it clear that if you're a foreigner and you come and harass people, you will also be prosecuted. And I think that the problem is that this has been kind of a gray zone because we're an open society uh, and we need to make it a little bit less gray and a little bit more black and white that any action against the laws of the United States that is aimed at diaspora will be prosecuted. Urging Congress is one way to go, you think? Well, there are several bills in Congress. To be honest, Hassan, if you look closely at these bills, you'll see they don't have all the answers either. The bills say things like, we ask for a one-year study, or we ask the administration to prepare some ideas. So everybody is still a little bit trying to, uh, shall we say, discover a method. The bills are not clear, but Congress has several pieces of legislation that would begin the process of trying to get rid of this gray zone. Yeah. Uh, have you uh, ever tried to like uh, um, read the uh, Transnational uh, Repression Policy Act introduced uh, in May of last year by Senator Merkley? Right. This is what I'm talking about. It doesn't solve the problem. It just asks for a strategy uh, to come up. I don't have the strategy either, but I see the need for it. 
Yeah. Okay. Yeah. With or without strategy to deal with all these problems. Uh, my other question is: some critics argue that the current U.S. policy uh, silently encourages autoc- uh, autocracy because we accept a strategic a strategic friend of an autocratic government that we know committing human rights abuses and destroying democracy. What do you make of it, Mr. Harman? You know, Hassan, this is a long, deep, serious problem for the United States. Uh, After World War II, you know, the United Nations Declaration of Universal Declaration of Human Rights was approved in 1948. But to be honest with you, it didn't really become a major foreign policy concern of the United States until the 1970s. And only for the past 20 or 30 years has human rights been a major policy concern of our government. And even then, it's always been just one of several baskets of policy. We've had a government that had relations and negotiations with the Soviet Union, even at the time that they abused human rights. Um, Today, we talk with China. We have relations with China. We trade with China, even as we talk to them about abuses of human rights. So human rights is never the only thing going on. And I think everybody has to be realistic that it must never be ignored, but it also isn't the only criteria. Right. You mentioned in your uh, piece uh, back in December uh, last year. Um, not that long ta- ago. Right, not that long ago. You talked about a new, uh, toward a new playbook. Uh, can you uh, describe that a little bit, what that means? I think one of the reasons why democracy has been in trouble and yeah, why for 17 years yeah. for 17 years and why authoritarians are gaining ground yeah. is that the authoritarians have a new story to tell a new kind of narrative it's not true but their argument is our authoritarian ways are more efficient we work better we get results for people and look at democracies they're very messy they're very chaotic you know this came up during the pandemic right and many people said look at america Look at the absolute chaos, whereas in dictatorships, we tell people what to do and they and they do it and we tell them to lock down in China and they do it. Well, it's not true, but it's a shall we say a narrative of authoritarian efficiency. What I think we should do is we need a new narrative of democracy. Democracies need to explain to people all around the world while why democracy is a better form of government it puts the legitimacy in the hands of people and actually it allows for change one of the things you see about autocracies whether cambodia or china or or russia is that the leaders stay in power forever yeah how many years was mr hun sen in power how many years mr vladimir putin Putin in power 23 years. Now, uh, Mr. Xi Jinping, how many years will he be in power? Already into an unprecedented third term. These uh, dictatorships become very rigid. 
They don't yeah. change. The same people make the same choices. We want, I think that the democracies should start a new campaign to explain yeah. to the world the virtues and the values that are much, much better for people's way of life, standard of living. That's what we need, a new story. Right. Okay. Uh, you also mentioned uh, existing U.S. organizations such as the Freedom House, uh, the National Endowment for Democracy, the Agency for Global Media, which broadcasts like almost 50 languages around the world, uh, the VOA, for example. Um, okay, and other uh, group, Radio Free Asia, Radio Liberty, uh, Radio Free Europe. Okay, what else do you think we could do better? We have all these existing organizations. What for yes. democracy? We have all these existing organizations and what's happened to democracy over 17 years. Yeah. Uh, so uh, I think uh, people in these organizations are working very hard and they have a lot of value. I would not get rid of them, but I might ask them all to join together or create a new organization, uh, maybe not in the government, maybe a private organization that would have uh, as its goal trying to broadcast to the world a more direct uh, narrative about the values of democracy and governance and to make sure that this idea that uh, Putin and Xi Jinping advertise that their governments are better, to make sure that it's met with a democratic point of view. Most of these agent government agencies um, are part of what we have for many years thought of as a showcase. In other words, we advocated democracy not by boasting about it. We advocated democracy by showing it. Like, look at our democracy. And Voice of America does this very well, RFERL. You know, I think we need to now go beyond just showing it. Right. The showcase isn't impressing enough people, maybe we need to advertise it a little better. But, okay, uh, can you tell us how to do that to achieve that goal? Well, if I had uh, all the answers, then I wouldn't be sitting here. I would be doing it. But I think um, we can see now that we have great, uh, incredibly powerful methods of communication. We can break down the firewalls. We can reach people even in places like North Korea who are isolated, but we need to find a way to explain to them how democracy works, why it is a better method of governance, the importance yeah. of putting legitimacy in the hands of people, of having competition. And I think we also need to show that some of these dictators are stealing from their own people. What we call kleptocracy is running everywhere, that they're getting themselves rich while people remain poor. And I think if we bring all these messages to bear, uh, if we can find a way to broadcast them through the digital revolution, which we are part of right now, maybe yeah. we can change the direction. Okay. Do you think the U.S. government should perhaps, you know, allocate 
some funds. Uh, I, uh, Hassan, I'm not sure. I'm actually not sure this should be a government effort. Maybe not. I mean, there are people who argue that the government should do this, but there's enough. We've had some bad experiences in the, our past with the government doing this. It becomes very, uh, shall we say, unpersuasive propaganda. Audiences abroad think, oh, that's just more propaganda. Maybe we need some more credible private uh, organization to do this that would really be effective, that would be devoted to causing change. And I, I'm not sure it should be the government. It's an argument. I, I haven't decided. Right. Okay, Mr. Hoffman, I thank you very much for your time today. And uh, please come back uh, when you have time. All right. And do you want to do the you. introduction or do you want me to do anything else? Can I show you my latest book, The Dead Hand? Uh, yes, I, I, I'm going to, to mention explain. that to our audience. Yes, uh, the book is Give Me Liberty, right? It was out uh, in 2022, you said? Yes. And this is a book about a man who fought dictatorship, who fought autocracy and paid right. with his life for it. Right. So, uh, can can you give us a like a, a synopsis of uh, you know the, about the book? Uh, the book is about, about human, a man. Yes, yeah. the book is about a man named Oswaldo Paya. You see his picture Oswaldo on the cover Paya. here. Yeah. Uh, he was a dissident in Cuba who carried out a nonviolent campaign for democracy inside the Cuban dictatorship by asking people to sign a petition for five democratic rights, such as a free press, freedom of belief, freedom of association, free enterprise, and freedom for political prisoners. And he did this before we had uh, iPhones and uh, the digital revolution. He did this in 2000 and 2002. Anyway, this uh, petition attracted thousands and thousands of signatures. Yeah. In the end, 35,000 people signed his petition. But uh, Fidel Castro's government could not accept this. And in 2012, uh, agents of state security rammed Mr. Paya's car from behind on a country road, and he was killed. Yeah, and many of his uh, supporters or, or colleagues uh, uh, 75 of them were arrested and put given long prison terms. It was called the Black Spring of 2003. Right. Black Spring in Cuba. Okay. Thank you, Mr. Hoffman. Uh, I appreciate it uh, and uh, hope to hear from you uh, again. Thank uh, you for having me. A new Hatsan. book or a new article. All right. Okay. Thank you very much. All right, sir. Appreciate All right. it. Thank you. Bye-bye. Goodbye. David Hoffman is an American author, writer, on the editorial board of the Washington Post. He authored and co-authored uh, many books. Uh, the latest one he just showed uh, is uh, Give Me Liberty. Uh, well, we have a slogan in New Hampshire, Give Me uh, Liberty or Death. Uh, but his book title is just Give Me Liberty. Uh, is about uh, a struggle by a Cuban dissident uh, who at the end uh, was killed by the uh, assailant. Uh, perhaps state-supported assailant. Look, I'm going to tell you about the 
ตอนนี้ยืนขยมส้มแปลสมรู้เราสุดขายของปีเอาไว้แต่ลูกเดวิดฮอฟมันมุ่นหนึ่งแปลสมรู้ในคลัมซาแต่ลูกมีภาษาบ้านมันประมาณมาพีในตีเชียงนี้ขยมส้มเจ้าท่าลูกเดวิดฮอฟมันลูกจีเนี่ยกษัตริย์มีบัตรพิสูจน์จียูชนามลูกบานโจบมราคาในขนมซาดปอร์มีกษัตริย์ตัววอชิงตันโพสได้จีกษัตริย์ระบายระบายเป็นสหรัฐอเมริกาในขนมปิภพลูกมาในชนามมือปอนผมบุญร้อยแปดสิบปีให้ลูกทลอบทวีจีเนี่ยชลายชลองกษัตริย์วอชิงตันโพสในสหรัฐไต้ตาสหรัฐเพียบสวีดในประเทศอิสราเอลลูกสอบทุกการในกาปิโตเฮลขนมเนียมจีเนี่ยชลายชลองสารพอดมีนเอากระแสดตีเซนเตียดได้ให้ลูกบานสุเซสิพูจีชรักบาลสิพูปีได้สิพูตีมุ้ยได้ลูกบางฮายอย่างใบไม้นี่คือทางลูกสุเซในชั้นนำปอนผมบุญรอสมโตในชั้นนำปีปอนมาเผยปีอัมปีเนี่ยต่อสู้เนี่ยสไนฮาประชาธิปไตยสไนฮายุติทัวจุนเชียดกุยบาเหมือรูปได้บานต่อว่าต่อสู้ทีมตีดอยอ่ะหังสาในสุดสำหรับปูรอดกุยบาพรามจมน้อยสมอยเมียนกาโดยท่าบักสุดเสรีพีสมอยเมียนกากรุบสุทธิมนุอย่างนี้อย่างนู้นดูฉนกได้ปัจจัยลูกเตาบานกีทุกขีดดอยอาดกำบังเปลี่ยนลูกทุ่ดำนาตามเพลินจนบอดมุ้ยคือถ้ากรมทางพเนียงีระบบรัฐบาลลูกฟิเดลคาสโตรบักรุ่นยนต์บกสำลับแต่มาองให้สหการีบบลูกประมาณเนี่ยที่นู้นถ้าคือตระกิจับเป็นจูนตระดับปุ่นตินีกีเอาเฉพาะปุ่นตินีกีมาเนี่ยมาเนี่ยอย่างจียูชนะบาดลูกใจลมเล็กอย่างปีบอดปิดเสาระบบลูกขนมกาสลาวชิลนั่งขนมนิ่มลูกจีเนี่ยกระแสนุกาดังกาคืนอัมปีกาสระสระถอยจ่อรือท่าตุนเสาในหลักที่พิจารณาปฏิไตขนมริยะเปลดับปุ่มเปิลชนำกันลองหมดนี่หายขนมริยะกาจมูกนี้ก็สังเกตคืนท่าระบบปลายการะบบอัตราทปฏิไตก็กลุ่มนี้ก็จับประดามโดยท่าเงือบลางวิ่งเรียคลังปะแกเรียดูกายโดยสัตว์ริโดยสัตว์ให้ก่อระเบียบโดยจีจ้องประชมต่อตั้งหนึ่งลัทธิประชาธิปไตยจันมุกแต่มาลองให้มีเปลี่ยนขาดที่นกคือมันจำแต่ในขนมสกระบอกลวนนุ่งเต้คือพิเยียมลูกใดบอกใดโจมบอกขนมตึกใดเสรีตึกใดประชาธิปไตยในประเทศเสรีโดยเจสหรัฐอเมริกนี้เจดามพองได้บาดลูกปลอดกุมนิดหาเนื้อขนมสังคมประชาธิปไตยใต้แต่เมียนกาประกวดประชาธิปไตยบ้าเนื้อขนมสังคมมุ้ยได้ในเยี่ยมปีกาบอกชนะเอาไทยเมียนแต่กันนะเมียนแต่ไปกิจชนมือรูปโชว์ชั่วโมงไทยเอาเนื้อดนตรีบทหมดกรุ๊กนี่นู้นกี่มันหาทางประชาธิปไตยเต้ตัวเชียร์ลูกเนี่ยจังในเยี่ยกายสมรู้กายสมรู้ทายางนาก็ด้อยคือทายวิคเมียนกาประกวดประชาธิปไตยบ้านสกัดท้าระบอบนั้นการนำนายแต่มนุษย์มันเนี่ยปนนอกแต่มนุษย์มันเนี่ยปนนอกแต่การนำนายให้เนี่ยเดี๋ยวตีคือท่าเกี่ยวกับตุบในขนมตีกันเลยนามวยตีงงงึดนามวยเตอร์แบบนั่งกินมันหายท่าประชาธิปไตยที่หายจมูกเนี่ยนี่กี่สังเกตเคยท่ากรมเนี่ยประชาธิปไตยเจ็ดฉลาดเบียนเป็นยาปลาปลา
បច្ចេកវិជាទំនើបដែលហៅថាបណ្ដាញសង្គមមានបាទពលរដ្ឋរបស់គេថាអ្នកប្រជាធិបតេយ្យអត់បានកាអីទេបានតែនិយាយអត់បានធ្វើអីទេអត់មានឃើញលទ្ធផលអត់មានឃើញស
ruộng nâu sườn bùi miền cà miền ốc cả khăn ông cà bản to cà sặc xa tu chỉ nẹt nông miền sơn thanh hiệp thả bị cà được có xe được cách làm nào có đói tao tại miền vị thi chui bản to bản đá thì mùi thì pi cà bắc sét sợi hiệp ở phía bờ rót ai nương ri con rót thả bị bao bọc luôn bàn phong đôi chân này tao nị dây ở chỗ bà luôn thả dương dọc bờ chiết thập tài, rước có dương bận đau ở ở ta thập tài nó cắn ầm nại tới hơi dương non kia chết tại nị dây là biết bom rồi nào rồi thà sơn hà sông ở thì họ rồi không cả này bờ chiết cam bờ chiết chỉ đau dương đang hơi thà bờ chiết để mấy đằng non không ai cắn nại và màn chân nắm bên này ấy mấy đằng non nơi bờ chiết cổ điển trương nơi bờ chiết chân cắn ầm nại bên này bên này và màn chân nắm lục là để miệt putin nơi bờ chiết rusi nó có bên này bên này cắn ầm nại và màn chân nắm kì mình chọc thì cả na dương mình miên ở vây thay nâng từ đi thả bờ chôm nâng nẹt để kì mình chọc bị ầm nại đúc nẹt cắn ầm nại nâng cứ cắn tay bừng rưng ầm nại là bọc luôn nâng to được thiệt đối chỗ này hơi dương từ tay nị dây ở chỗ bạch bạch đang rót thà bị bá đang khang này ai cái chun rót nâng ai cái chun còn tay lúc mình sừng khâm thà rót chỉ rót nó ai chui ở vây bàn chờ nụ na na nụ tê lúc thà vĩ say ai cái chun ai thưa cả bàn chờ đàn chìm cả na do rót bởi chỗ bầu lốc cứ dương đa thời mốc dứt bởi thà dương vĩ say ai cái chun trong này dây thà mà nước chảy rùm rùm kia hiền to tăng hiền to vá cầm bằng quỳ chạm mờ kia cầm đôi thà chạm mờ bằng nắm hay chạm để nít phơi môn sân chạm để nút phơi cày dương dù thà bật phơi từ phơi từ phơi từ ngọc kia không bị từ mũi bầm kia và nít chi ở vây đại lục david hoffman nhà cái sai lục mờ khơi thà cà to tăng chỉ mùi nương lật thị cùng đi ta thập tài đại ca này dùng núng cứ tha trâu ta nẹp chia thập tài núng riêng dọc tam sấp hơi thay mày trong để dây tha vị thi xa dứt từ vị thi dứt từ xa thay mày ở nơi đọt đai đọt đai đọt đai chẳng thế vì pro ấy để dẹp biết đọc bờ chân nằm tàu hơi đai là thi chia thập tài đa thỏi cào hơi là thi ta thập tài cùng mình đi đại ca này đa từ mục hơi เนี่ยประเทศประเทศนี้มีเวียดนามบานตะตัวในอุปกรณ์ประจัยกิจวิทย์ตุ่มเนื้อตุ่มเนื้อปราบปราบมุ่นปูอัตราประเทศไทยป
លោកនាងជាទីមេត្រីយើងខ្ញុំសូមអរគុណលោកនាងដែលបានខិតខំចំណាយពេលវេលាតាមដានស្ដាប់ so, my bam, two protesters, they suck, they